Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found, of course, taped live at the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling on the Road to Bound for Glory. We're going to be talking about the latest on possible NXT call-ups. Uh, AEW needs to start watching their language apparently. apparently but that's kind of the least of their problems right now because yeah. we're going to talk about all their backstage issues in just a second quick reminder tonight on the twitch twitch.tv forward slash steven larson we are going to be doing a smackdown watch along because who knows what will happen these days in the paul levesque era uh and we want those those sweet sweet reactions larson we do so uh yeah we're going to be doing that tonight on the twitch uh, for the East Coast feed of SmackDown, so the live version of SmackDown. Although I think this week they're they're like taping two back to back. They are because next week, of course, they're going to be over there in the UK. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get into this. Uh, there's a lot we've been talking about this. I feel like for several weeks, even though maybe it's just been this week, about how AEW may be on the verge of just being a complete mess backstage. Yeah. So in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter. Dave Meltzer offered up more details on Tony Khan's talent meeting that went down before Dynamite and report on what was addressed and what wasn't addressed. This is what Dave had to say, quote, There are many who believe Punk, who is the company's biggest star, was the reason, as far as Colt being a, or a, 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 the Colt Cabana situation. Yeah, Cyrus right. Cyrus prefaced. I neglected to put that quote in there. People, or sorry, Punk has told people he wasn't, on one hand, there needed to be a direct answer as to what happened and why, but on the other hand, how that would have been addressed by Khan would have left top people furious either way. Punk's promo on Page was a receipt for what he thought was a promo Page did building up their match at Vegas that he didn't think was conducive to building the match at pay-per-view. The general reaction is the meeting went well, but I, this is not Larson speaking, this is Dave still, also didn't sense it smoothed over the biggest issues. And really the issue of unhappy talent being they aren't getting matches every week or in stories is inherent with a, uh, a, a big roster and lack of television, and now a significant number of those who thought they could never be stars and WWE based on Vince McMahon's narrow perception of who can be a star suddenly think it could be different, which changes a lot of dynamics with future contracts that expire. He continues later on. One wrestler noted to us that Khan made it very clear he was not going to be a pushover for demands by the talent. There have been a lot of instances where talent of late has made demands on what they want in regard to the pay-per-view. In some cases, Khan has done that, thinking the pros' ideas are better. In others, he hasn't. In one case, it involves shaking up the entire show, even though the match that would result, Young Bucks versus FTR, would probably have been the best match on the show. In that instance, the decision was already made uh, for the trios tournaments and bringing back Kenny Omega. So that's that's interesting. The, that last bit, because you and I had both speculated for ages that because it just made all the sense in the world, I'm sure we weren't the only ones, mm-hmm. uh, one of Young Bucks versus FTR. In fact, there was a lot of speculation on Twitter that, in a way, the Young Bucks were dodging FTR yeah. because they're, you know, and, and that, that mind you, that's chat. That's like silly internet wrestling Twitter yep. chatter based on what felt like obvious, and you can sort of put the pieces together even if they actually don't fit that way in real life. I'm sure the Young Bucks... I I would just... Look, I'm just saying, I would think that the Young Bucks would have no problems, you know, 
being a co-main event with FTR, given that they would be the two. This would be a huge, huge match for them. Yes. And, and you know, but with Kenny on the way back and Tony Khan obviously really wanting to do these trios titles, it does. It, it, it made a lot of sense, I guess, to do that as well to him. You know, you can debate on which one would be the way to go, but that's the way Tony Khan went. Uh, a lot of interesting things. Probably the most interesting thing is just how much the retirement – uh, resignation of Vince McMahon has altered the landscape mentally for a lot of these wrestlers who are now mm -hmm. like, what? Wait a second, mm -hmm. you got Gargano there. Uh, if Cole was still a free agent, you have to think that he would probably have remained there. Yeah, I mean the odds would definitely be much higher that he would remain in WWE. Yeah, but the yeah. idea that now a lot of the wrestlers that AEW was their one place that they would have a spot. Now, the other guys are opening up shop the, to the a variety of wrestlers. It's far more open. Let me get this, this in real quick about the cult stuff. Just get the, the background. Um, of course, it was, uh, this is what Dave said, what we, what, what we noted that I felt needed to be addressed and also completely expected it wouldn't be was a catalyst of the punk pay, page punk issues, which has to do with Colt Cabana being removed from the Dark Order, no longer being brought to Dynamite, and eventually signing a new contract, believed to be for the same money for ROH. There was a question whether he would be given a new deal, but those in management did push Tony Khan. It would be the best thing to do so. So I meant to put that in prior to the the uh, the, the bit from Melzer I had I had read from earlier. So apologies. Yeah. Get the context yeah, 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 in yeah. there. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. Now again, you know, <laughs> it used to be AEW was hey we're competition for talent. WWE <laughs> now with Vince gone. Hey now we're kind of competition for talent as well. Um, and you know, when, when people look at their situation, they might think, well, Hey, in AEW, I'm here and I've got a shot to be on TV. Well, now in WWE, they got seven hours of television running every week. Now it's like, well, wait, now this is the only, this is not the only place, uh, I have to be. I do appreciate that Tony Khan is not looking to be another Eric Bischoff mm -hmm. and he's, he's not looking to get stuffed in a closet. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's good on him because again, this is the one thing that you and I have always said, there needs to be accountability. Yes. There you needs know, to be structure that's respected. And that's one thing that uh, I don't know if it's here. I'll look it up to see where, but did you see the uh, Billy Gunn gave an interview recently? Oh no. Where he talked about, and I'll look up in a second here where, who, what the outlet was um, talked about, all those years in WWF, WWE, and the structure they had there and how things in AEW, I believe his quote was something akin to the Wild Wild West. Or the Wild West, not the song. Um, it's the Wild West there. And he says, it's, he's, and I think he sort of paired that back a little bit. Mm -hmm. But essentially, it's not as structured as as WWE. Yeah. And, and it does feel like maybe this is something that was necessary to happen for it to get better there. Yeah. And and oftentimes when you have especially a massive roster like this um, and one guy, you know, I was thinking about it and, and how you and I have talked about the stories that are being told in AEW and, and how it seems to be like the, the actual stories being told seem to be fewer and far between. Yeah. And, you know, man, when you think about it from, you know, you and I, we both fancy ourselves creatives. Mm-hmm. When you think about it from a creative standpoint, wrestling is one of those things, it never ends, it never stops. Yep. And it's one thing when you have a certain number of people on your roster and you're like, oh man, I've got all these stories that I want to work out. Well, you're coming up to a pay-per-view, you've got, let's say, 11 to 13 matches probably on the card. So if you take that and you think about every week you've got between 11 and 15 stories that you're actively telling, at a certain point, your creative mind is going to burn out. Yeah. Yep. And that's one reason why I really feel like if he doesn't have a lot of help right now, he at some point you'd think that he'd probably want to get that yeah, just yeah, so yeah. that you know people can start getting in. You're hiring these people. You're 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 signing them. You want to use them, but sometimes I understand that the creative mind can just burn out. You know, totally. And and less like a writing staff because it seems to be something Tony Khan is not really an idea he's not keen on, but more like you know to use the terminology of years past, the booking committee. Mm -hmm, yeah. Someone who, you know, a, a group of people who can he can bounce creative ideas off of and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and you know, they could discuss ideas, try to find the best story to tell with said idea. And then, you know, ultimately, Tony green lights it or not. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, at a certain point, if it's just one person doing it all the time, yeah, you're going to burn out.
Yeah, right, yeah. Um, I have the quote from Billy Gunn here. It was on uh, the sessions with Renee. Oh, that's right, yeah. He said, uh, I'm a very structured person, especially in the wrestling business. In WWE, there's one thing, and if you don't like it, you ask that one person. They say, no, we'll do it that way. So you'll do it that way. And I'm not saying it's not good for AEW. I'm saying it's a little, a little bit on the Wild West side. I'm not used to that, and that's the hardest adjustment. That's, that's from, from Wrestling gun right there. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I thought that, that was pretty interesting. I, I wouldn't mind listening to that because that dude's been around forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? uh, uh, let's talk about some more CM Punk stuff. So, uh, former WWE writer Freddie Prince Jr. commented on the reports of heat, heat between oh, CM Punk and Hangman Page on the latest episode of his Wrestling with Freddie podcast. As we had to say, these tra- transcripts are from Inside the Ropes. says there's two ways to look at it. Either it's a work shoot and he's trying to turn heel, or there's real stuff going on, and it was receipt time. I happen to know that it's more of the latter. I think he's just trying to f- take advantage of it and saying, okay, I'll roll with it. But not everyone backstage loves CM Punk. It's not be- it's not just because of Colt Cabana. It's because of the way they feel he's behaved since he's got there behind the curtain. It was actually something that Hagman Page said in his promo when they were having their run to the title match. I remember Page said, I'm not just defending this title. I'm defending for all those people in back there. A lot of people didn't feel don't feel like Punk shows anyone respect really. At least not the type of not that at least not the type of respect. Well, let's change the word because respect is earned. The type of dignity that one would expect at work. We don't treat people as necessary parts of the pie, and I've seen this in a lot of movies. People look at you a certain way. That's what I've been told as the kind of stuff that is going on, Hangman Page said. A lot of real stuff. That was the that was the most sort of that was the the line that you and I both sort of perked up at. You know, when we were talking about okay, what was it that Paige said that got CM Punk wrinkled? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, obviously Freddie Prince has, you know, this dude's been in the industry for a long time yeah. as well. Yep. And, you know, you, you have often said, and I agree with it. A lot of people have their own perspectives and their own agendas, mm-hmm. but there does seem to be a little bit more to it than just, Oh, some people are pissed off at CM Punk or some people are. You know, it, it seems to be a little bit more widespread than, you know, just like one person yeah. saying, hey, this guy's been a prick to me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, or, or you know, he, he, he uses influence to get Colt Cabana out of the backstage area, you know? Yeah, right, right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, it Obviously, it went from the kind of thing that, you know, pre-punk where they would often, you know, the multiple talent would often talk about how it's got like a family atmosphere. Yeah. And then this guy comes in, and he's a big, big deal. He's getting paid big, big money. And he goes out there and says one thing on TV, and he comes back behind the curtains, and it's like, oh, so you're not like really like that. Um, yeah, that, that, that shit needs to be handled. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to be getting paid that big money, don't you think some of that money should go to being like a locker room leader? You know? You would think so. You would think yeah. so. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, getting, you're getting paid to be the guy around there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess it's not necessarily mandatory if you're the top guy that you also be a locker room leader. But also when you got someone like Punk who has years of experience, um, uh, has been through all sorts of stuff in the industry, you th- you'd like to hope that's the type of guy who would step up and be like, all right, I'll be the leader. I'll show an example of how things should be done. 
Yeah. And if you go out there and 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 shoot on somebody in a promo uh, and put them in a position where they look awful, mm-hmm. just so yeah. you can get a little bit of revenge, I don't really feel you know. It doesn't seem like in this day and age that's really the the, the right way to go about uh, being a leader. Page's response on be on being the elite was pretty damn funny. Oh, what do you say? <laughs> he, well, he was just he was channeling his inner Brody with the Dark Order. He was backstage with them in like an office, and he's like telling he's pep he's he's pepping him up, sort of being very Brody Lee esque, you know? Like, yeah, come yeah. on, get the fuck out there, and you and then so, like a PA comes in and says says, "Hey, Page, Punk is out there calling you out. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> The little clip is on is floating around Twitter. It's oh, the only reason funny. I saw it. It's it's funny. Get the fuck out of here! Oh, it was good. It was really funny. That is funny. <laughs> you have to appreciate Hangman Page doing that shit. Yeah. Oh man, that's so, funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I I real I honestly I honestly hope. And there's a little bit more here. We're gonna talk about here in a second about maybe another AW show. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I really hope this is the kind of thing where. Whatever's going on back there, because even Punk and his like, you know, and the, the him and, and, and Tony get like an interview or like a press conference or whatever, uh, a media thing where Punk, maybe it was an interview with Sports Illustrated, I think it was. Oh, he, he didn't. Said- de- yeah, he didn't really deny any of it. He, I mean, obviously, there's always there's always the, uh, you know, you always got to talk shit about the dirt sheets. You always have to do that. Yes. First and foremost, you have to call out Dave Meltzer. At some point, that's going to turn into Sean Ross Sapp. Yep. But first and foremost, the guys who are reporting on shit that's actually happening, that wrestlers basically confirm. But before they confirm that it's happening, they have to put down the dirt sheets. Yeah, let me pull Don't up that, trust them, let me pull but up by that, the way. Let me pull up yeah. that quote because it is interesting. It was an interview with Sports Illustrated. Happy you brought that up because... Uh, um, this is what he said. Uh, you try not to put too much stock in internet rumors, but for AEW, I definitely think that's part of our audience. Twitter's not real life, though. On top of that, a lie makes its way around the world twice before the truth puts its boots on to get out of bed. If I addressed every rumor, I'd be here all day. I love AEW. It's not a competition who loves it more, who's the heart and soul, or who's this or who's that. AEW allowed me a second chance to do what I do best, and that's professionally wrestle. Um, he says it's one side of the story. My locker room is never closed. It's always open. Anybody wants to DM Melser some bullshit. You can come talk to me about it. I'm not macho, stupid bullshit. I'm an adult. Come talk with me. <laughs> yeah, but then the problem is when you come talk to him, what's he gonna say? <laughs> yeah, I know. He'd be dismissive. You know, you gonna walk in the door and Phil just rolls his eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> Oh God! I got to deal with this guy again, Tony. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Again, you know, we're not back there. We exactly. don't know what's going on, exactly. but clearly there's something going on. And like, wouldn't he be dismissing it outright if nothing was happening? If this was pure fabrication? Oh, you know? dude, what it feels like is 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 his attempt at damage control essentially to say, well, someone's got an issue. They've never talked to me about it. And yeah, right. I'm the adult yeah. here. So if you want to talk about it one on one, then come knock on my door. That's how right. I read that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so as far as the issue of talent getting more TV time there in AEW, Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, reports that there's a possibility that AEW could be getting another wrestling-focused show. He said this, given their, uh, they are booking buildings in October, one would think an announcement would be made very soon, but they are clearly in the plans to increase the production amount of in-ring product if they are taping two nights a week regularly. Whether that means more streaming or more television, that will remain to be seen. So apparently they're doing uh, two dates every week in October. Mm-hmm. So live Dynamite, live Ramp. I don't. I would guess live Rampage. But I was there something in the in the newsletter this week about uh, Tony Khan wanting to juice up Ramp uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rampages? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I want. I this is completely pure speculation on my part. But what if he's going to look at to make Rampage? To be a, a true companion to Dynamite, maybe beef that up to two hours, and and make it you know a more consequential show because at this point it is not. Bad I mean, at all. If, if that's the plan, then to coincide with that, they need a better time spot. That's absolutely true. Because if they stay in the, stay in the same uh, uh, position on the schedule, not much is going to change. Well, is it? Don't you think it's a bit of a, I guess, a self fulfilling prophecy then? Because it's like, okay, we have a bad time slot. Oh, it, it is. honestly, it feels. 
we have a bad time slot, so we're kind of not going to care about it that much. Like we're not going to put important stuff on there because it's a bad time slot because people aren't because people aren't watching it because it's a bad time slot. But because you know? of a bad time slot doesn't really benefit us to put good stuff important bit stuff on. Bit of a catch 22. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It can. It can. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. any changes in terms of making Rampage feel more important has to coincide with them getting a better time spot. Well, okay, let me ask you this though, because you know, I think they pay attention to the plus threes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like, the DVR numbers, yeah. If you put on and and we're not I don't think we're privy to that stuff. Um we seem to only get like the overall viewership and, and the, the demo. live viewership, yeah. If you get yeah, if you get if you put if you add like compelling television I mean, it should make. I'm not saying they're going to do a million or even eight hundred thousand, but like, if you can get Rampage up to here, like, I mean, here might here here might be the primary reason why the live numbers are so important. It could be for ad rates. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, if if you get so many ad impressions live, you know, DVR mm-hmm. everybody fast forward to the commercials. That's a good point. That's a good. So point, yeah. if you want to get the live numbers up for Dynamite, yeah. just logistically, yeah. you can't a Friday night from ten to midnight. Yeah, right. It's terrible. That's a yeah. crap time spot. It is. Yeah. It's an awful time spot. So if, if the plan is go two hours, make it more consequential, for that to really feel like it matters, they got to get a different, different spot on the schedule. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, speaking of AEW and their television programming and the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Meltzer also reported that AEW has apparently been told by Warner Brothers Discovery tone down the language on Dynamite and Rampage. Stated this, word has gotten to the promotion that Warner Brothers Discovery, that they'd like the language toned down as best we can tell. They have said nothing about the blood. Well, so at least Mox they're safe. safe. Yeah, yeah. Mox, is, Mox is safe. At least, yeah. He can pour buckets of blood in the ring, but he can't see, say shit as often. Yeah. I mean, they really do enjoy saying the word shit there on, uh, on AEW It did. I mean, you watched, you rem- like recalling the early episodes, like once someone would say shit, and now mm-hmm. there's shit all over the place. There is shit all over. AEW these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. shit everywhere. There's shit everywhere. They're sh- throwing shit on the walls. It's not working. Their number, their rating was really good this week. It was. I mean, they had the world they title defense or the unification, so that makes sense. You would hope that that number would be pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so. Anyway, I mean, it was better, but I mean, it was up 100,000, up 10% roughly. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't know. People, I, I see people say, "Oh, should, should, shouldn't this be better?" The the actual title match got like a one point two million, I mm-hmm. think. The actual or one point three something like that actually did pretty good. I mean, like, what do you what do you expect? He's gonna go like double the fucking number. Doesn't work that way, you know? Because I see that on Twitter, people saying, "Oh, they right. only did this." I'm like, well, a ten percent increase is actually not terrible. You got a yeah, hundred thousand more people to tune in. I know. But I get it. You know, you got a world title defense. It's the most compelling angle in kayfabe and out of kayfabe. And you'd think that maybe they could pull a little bit better. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it is, it is what it is. It, it, it's, you and I have always said this. It's not about, you know, we had criticized WWE over and over again about what? The short-term ratings bump. Mm-hmm. You do, oh, you're going to hotshot this. So you get a short-term ratings bump. Okay, we'll see how that works. It's all about the long-term storytelling. And you know what? In WWE right now, look at the raw number. It's working. Mm-hmm. They're doing new things. They're doing they're they're getting rid of rematches. They're adding more time, more wrestling time. And they had a big bump that first week. The next week it went down, but not that much. The next week it went up. Yep. They're hovering around two million raws as opposed to 1.7, 1.8. So that's that's right. again about a ten percent jump. When you give people a reason to tune in on a Absolutely. weekly basis, Absolutely. word will get around. It's not going to be a one-week fix. Nope, not at all. Yeah. Not at yeah, all. Let's. Uh, we got one more news story before we go to our impact in NXT UK. The second blast NXT UK. Uh, I know, I know, man. It's a bummer. Man. It's a bummer. Yeah, it so uh, it seems pretty obvious based on what happened on this past Tuesday's NXT that Legato for sure is getting called up. Indy, Indy Hartwell, highly likely. Their main mm-hmm. roster bound. Uh, but we could see somebody else make their way up to uh, the main roster pretty soon. PW Insider is reporting that, quote, there's been a lot of talk over the last week within the NXT circles that Solo Sokoa could be nice. main roster bound in the very near future, possibly as soon as next month. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard Solo's name being brought up in regards to getting called up to Maine. Just a month ago, Louis Dangor reported that it was likely that Sokoa would get called up sometime after SummerSlam. I feel like at least a couple occasions prior to that, 
His name has been yeah, brought up. It, his name has been brought up quite a bit, and now I'm really excited. Like if it was during the Vince era, that would I would have been like, oh, okay. Hopefully they'll tell something cool with this. But like now, under Triple H, Solo Sokoa coming up to me. I love his character on NXT, mm-hmm. man. It mm-hmm. is he is absolutely one of the highlights. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're gonna do with this dude. I Same. real I really am. I'm actually pretty excited about all three. Like Legato. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Never really yeah. felt like they were booked to their full potential in NXT. I agree. Um Indy, I'm interested to see if and how her st- story with Loomis continues on main roster. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz that'd be a great way to to humanize Dexter Loomis for the raw audience. Mhm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then of course, Solo Sokoa, uh man, just bring it have him debut in a segment opposite the Usos in Roman. Mm-hmm. Just to see where that goes. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Uh, let's talk about something else we're looking forward to. Bound for Glory. Of course, we're on the road to Bound for Glory. Yeah. Uh, over <laughs> they, here at Impact they're kind of Wrestling. Skipping, skipping over Victory Road, except for the Barbed Wire Massacre match. I wonder if that's going to be the main event. Oh, shit. That's right. Victory Road is first. Uh, September, yeah. Bound <laughs> Glory. That's right. Yeah, Victory Road. You got to take that exit off Victory Road first, but it's a it's a quick one. It's just a rest stop, really. Yeah, kind of. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah you got Barbed Wire Massacre. Yeah, I love Sa- Sammy Callahan's so great. He's just like this like roly poly fucking death machine. <laughs> he, he takes it to Moose and Macklin at the same time, and then a great little bit of storytelling. They happen to see a fence with barbed wire. Mm-hmm. They pull it down. <laughs> Wrapping his ass in it. Oh, it and then, of course, he stumbles out later on, like, because that happens outside. He stumbles in. Hey, me. Still wrapped in barbed hey, wire. Macklin. Still wrapped in barbed yeah, wire. Yeah, still wrapped in barbed wire. Barbed wire massacre match. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, bro. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds cool. Oh, he had one with, uh, with Eddie Edwards? Oh, it's probably. Okay. Like, Were we watching at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched it. Okay. We watched it. All right. There's so many, there are so many variations on the hardcore deathmatch type thing yeah, that yeah, Sammy yeah. Callahan specifically does. Well, it was the Clockwork Monsters Orange House Ball. Fun they just had. Yeah, Monsters the Clockwork, Ball. Yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. Wire Massacre. Yeah. It's great because it's just, you know, he just comes up with clever new ways to just say, hey, let's just have a match where we fuck each other up. Exactly. You know, I'll give you a couple pile drivers on a, a board of, uh, of barbed wire and, uh, and we'll be good. It'll be fun. Uh, no, I thought I thought this was a fun episode. I thought this is gonna be. I think this is gonna be a fun one to review, just because. So, Impact, they they have this wonderful thing where, on one hand, they have some really well executed, well done wrestling angles, stories, et cetera, et cetera. They treat their women's division better than anybody. Yeah, anybody. Yeah. At the same time, there's honor no more. <laughs> There's so much unintentionally hilarious stuff, and that's why Impact is one of my favorite things to review with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the they keep insisting on trying to book. Now even Scott Demore is like, I don't like Honor Demore. Good brothers, go beat them. <laughs> he is openly he is openly, openly basically rooting be, against them. I know, I know. He's supposed to be like the objective. You know, it's like okay, no, uh, uh, I'm 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 you know. Who, who the best man win? He's telling the Good Brothers, "Go shut them up." Oh, he too sweets them. <laughs> he too sweets the he Good Brothers. He, they, they need to get like a Good Brother ref out there. <laughs> there you go. One of the one of the players from uh, uh, what was their what's their pay per view series called? Who's oh uh, talking shop uh, mania? Talking shop mania. Oh, yeah. you get Somebody get a that. Rocky Romero in there as as yeah. uh, Good Brother ref. There you go. Uh yeah, I can't remember any other crazy characters from the uh from that series. It's good stuff though. Uh yeah. So yeah, what's going so like we had this the, to me the highlight well actually the actual highlight of the show was Jessica's debut match. Yeah, that was great. Her song's great. Because the fucking the fucking cause I'm sick. I'm this close to getting a t shirt. Because it's number one, it's a good looking t shirt. Yeah. It's like pink and pink and it's like uh, it's a black shirt, but it's got like pink and uh, and green and purple on it, which is like a great yeah, it's a great uh, color combo. combination. Yeah, but the whole "cause I'm sick" thing had me rolling, yeah. and Rosemary being all in on it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it was. I crazy. thought it was a wildly fun, uh, quote unquote, debut match. Yeah, for uh, the character of Jessica, and then of course the unintentionally hilarious. Uh, highlight for me was Ed Edwards cutting this promo on Josh Alexander for like a good seven minutes 
And then he gets taken out by Heath. Well, he talks in circles for seven minutes. Yeah. And yeah, like he's, just, he's yeah, on the. Yapping away. He he was walking up the ring steps to get in the ring and he pauses because the crowd's chanting something at him. Yeah. Yeah. And he did, the look on his face was, well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And he just. And yeah, he's like, you know, if you're if you're in our group, then it doesn't matter who wins at the pay-per-view because we, we're fighting a war against wrestling companies who don't treat us well. Yeah, and then but none of it mattered because then he drops his ass. I know. With the wake up I call, know. and it's like, this is the challenger. I know. The, like, what did Honor No More do to Scott Demore? What did they do? Because they are booked like clowns. Yes. Now that being said, it's possible, yes. I guess, that Honor No More wins the tag titles. But beyond that, they are booked like absolute clowns, and it's hilarious. They really are. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I guess funny. the go-home math would seem to indicate that there's a, a pretty good chance they win those tag titles, but I'd be hesitant to say it's a certainty. Yeah, no, it's on or no more. Exactly. I would not, I'm not going to put a lot of confidence points on no. this at all, no. at all. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, on or no more, they're booked perpetually like clowns, but they always are like one win away. Like they always get that one win that keeps them like around, yeah. you know, it keeps them, keeps them relatively relevant. Degree, relevant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A thorn in the side of Scott Demore, albeit a minor one. Yeah. Uh, kicked off with Mia Yim and Jordan Grace uh, versus Vexed, the team of Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. I love their their Tron this week, too. It was really oh, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, so there's obviously, you know, Chelsea and Deanna. They work pretty well as a team. This is the first time me him, and Jordan Grace, from what I can tell, have teamed together. And uh, so they're kind of a thrown-together tag team. And then uh, so Perazzo ends up getting the win on Jordan Grace after Vexed hits their finish because uh, uh, Chelsea Green snaps Jordan's head over the second round. There's just all sorts of shenanigans yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, then we got a Violent by Design promo. Eric Young says the sickness, sickness. Sickness. Showed us that it's powerful. Powerful. They are not winning the war. Winning came, this war. They came back strong, came back together and pushed back. We pushed back on them. So here's the reason why we're doing this because it was cut this way. Yeah. Like they would punctuate his promo. Certain phrases and words, yeah. They'd, they'd, they'd air it again they, from a different and camera. They, and they'd put like some reverb on it and stuff, yeah. Yeah, uh, understand. He says, is the sickness in remission or is it dormant gathering strength? Time will tell. Time is important to time machine. Time machine, but they time transcend machine. time. They are everyone. They are everywhere. The faster time machine learns that the world doesn't belong to them, the faster they learn, their time is up. Cody, Dean, are you paying attention to my words? He's over there like, no, picking I, his no. nose. <laughs> Because that dude, you knew that dude was eating that pin. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, after that, ugh, Vincent comes in. He ch chats up Josh Alexander. And it's just, it's Lacey walked in at this point. She's like, is that supposed to be like a homeless guy? <laughs> and I was like, no. Like, he's supposed to be like a, like a non-charismatic Charles Manson. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, Vincent says, you know, it's just like Impact to pit us against each other. And Josh says, you know, I don't like these mind games, man. The only one getting sympathy tonight is you. After I drop your ass with a C four spike. Yep. Uh, yeah. Then we had Mike Steve talk about this match. I know you were a fan of it, <laughs> dude. You know, like I don't know. So I'm going to take the the long route here because who gives a fuck? You know how like indie shows mm -hmm. when they bring in a big name, mm -hmm. one of two things happens: either the big name that comes in, like Eddie Kingston came in. I forget what the promotion was, but I saw clips of it, and it was a killer match. Yeah, yeah. Right? I get the feeling that wherever Eddie Kingston goes, this dude will give you everything he has. Yeah. Right? But sometimes you bring in, like, a, a bigger name, and they just sort of phone it in. You know? It's like, hey, I'm here. My name recognition is enough to pop the crowd, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was this match. This felt like the most paint-by-numbers wrestling match chock full of just uh, 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 headlocks and strutting around, milling about, plenty of chops, but none, none were all that impressive. 
it was just a whole lot of nothing. And then we get we get a finish, which is just sort of, you know, there's like all sorts of shenanigans going on the outside. Doc Gallows does his little trot to ring slam. Uh, I'm sorry, to ringside uh, choke slams Matt Taven, who had come out there to interfere. Uh, there was Maria getting involved. And, of course, this match, the stipulation was if Machine Gun Carl Anderson got the win, Maria's mm-hmm. banned at ringside for the tag title match, which is probably going to end up somehow backfiring on the Good Brothers. Um, yep. So, anyways, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Carl Anderson hits a gun stun for the win here. The Good Brothers go backstage, and Scott Demore's there. He's like, hey, guys, you're the best. It's time. I think you guys do what you got to do. You guys are going to do what you do best. You're going to defend those tag titles against Ana No More next week. And, uh, and they're like, hey, boss, yeah, this is great, great news. We're going to do it. We'll gladly do it. Too sweet, me brother. And uh, and then, yeah, Scott's like, yeah, you need to go shut their mouths. And then too sweet. We them. hate them. Yeah, and then too sweet. Too sweet. Well, uh, he, okay, Scott Moore's Bullet Club. Oh, that's right. He's an official member of Bullet Club. So it's kind of, you know, it's apropos. But also, he's like chief executive of this wrestling company. Bullet Club. Oh, Scott Damore. Hates <laughs> uh, <laughs> honor no more. There we go. Uh, then we get, we're backstage. Savannah Evans getting checked out by the doctor after getting choked out by Killer Kelly. Uh, Tasha Steeles asks the doctor, what's wrong with her? And the doctor just says, she might have some internal damage. We'll this have to do useless. more tests. Fucking useless doctor. And then Tasha tells the doctor, take care of her. She leaves, walks right into Gia Miller. Of course, Gia's there. She wants an interview. She asked how uh, Savannah's doing. Tasha says she's not doing well because of that, uh, because of Killer Kelly. And, and while Ashley starts to talk, Killer Kelly creeps up behind. Oh, man. And she says, well, if Killer Kelly wanted my attention, she's got it. Um, and then Killer Kelly comes up and sneaks up behind Tasha, puts her in the killer clutch, and then lets go, tells Tasha, when I, when I finish you, it won't be from behind. You'll see me coming. Yeah, I'm just sad that we didn't get to hear uh, Killer Kelly's awesome theme song. Yeah, it's a good theme. It's a really cool theme. It is very unnerving. Uh, Yeah, I wonder if uh, Savannah Evans is going to get a Z pack from that doctor. Uh, I don't know what's wrong. Have a Z pack. Have a Z pack. Uh, After that, we had Jason Hutch versus Bupinder Gujar. Gujar wins this pretty quickly with a gargoyle spill. We had uh, Brian Myers on commentary. Yeah. Uh, he hits the ring, grabs the mic, says, you know, you're a hell of an athlete. He says, yeah, I know you want another shot at me. I'm just so busy. I don't know when I can give you another shot. But I can do it right now. And he clocks Gujar. whoop With the microphone. Hits a big DDT. And he covers, but referee Scott Armstrong doesn't count. He's like, "What? This, this isn't a match, dude. And then Myers gets up, and he starts, like, getting his face, arguing with him. Scott Armstrong's like, no, look at Patch. I'm ref. You can't bully me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and that gives Gujar a chance to get up. Hit a, He hits a big boot, hits a gargoyle spear. He makes the cover, and Scott Armstrong's like, yeah, fuck this guy. One, two, three. Yeah, he shrugs and then counts the pin. <laughs> and then Gujar grabs the title, and he takes it with him. He's just like, hey, this is mine now. And yeah. Commentary, this is long-term storytelling. They're like, it's the same thing that Cardona or uh, Myers did to Rich Swan. Yep. Just took the title. Uh, then we are backstage. Deanna and Chelsea Green are walking up to Gail Kim, interrupting conversations she's having, no less. And they ask yeah. Gail if they saw what happened. They're unstoppable. And Deanna says, about time, Gail, you stop playing favorites and make me number one contender for the knockouts title. And Gail says, yes, Deanna. You do deserve a shot. So does Masha Slamovich. So next week, it's going to be you versus Masha. Winner gets Jordan Grace at Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory. Uh, Gujar's walking backstage with his newly won title, and Scott Armstrong says, mm, it's not actually yours now. He says, hey, that was good stuff. It's good to see you put Myers in his place, but uh, heat of the moment, that wasn't actually a legit win. And he says, yeah, no, man, I know. I know. But if Brian, if Brian Myers wants his title back, he can come get it from me. And Armstrong's like, well, you just give it to me. He's like, no. And he walks away. Yeah. He's like, uh uh-uh. uh. Not going to uh-uh. happen. Not going to happen. Uh, then we got Vincent versus Josh Alexander. Uh, no shocker here. Alexander wins. He reverses a guillotine into a Falcon Arrow, falls with a C4 spike uh, to get the win. I didn't necessarily see Vincent getting much sympathy after getting dropped right in his head. <laughs> just as uh, Josh Alexander uh, stated he would. And then Ed Edwards comes out. And then mm-hmm. drops a really long promo that said not a whole lot of anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, it's all about, uh, hey, we should be on the same side just because we have a match doesn't mean you have to be enemies. Um, keeps on talking about how companies are trying to turn wrestlers into mindless grunts. 
says, I have chosen my side. You can see the fans have chosen their side. They support the machine because they love to watch great men and women reduced to their own pitiful level. says, so Josh, the last question is, which side will you be on? Which side will you choose? There is no, he just keeps going. There's oh, no it's reason it's they forever, have to go yeah. to battle. They could stand together in this war. And if they do that, if they stand together in this war, they can have their match at Bound for Glory. No matter who wins the title, they'll both win. It's not. It, I mean, I get what he's saying. It, the title will remain within Honor No More. But also, like, on a moral sense, they both would win because they're yeah. not. It, yeah. But Doing if you don't do wants. this. So he's on the ring steps. He could tell, based on his body language, that he could tell this promo is going over, like, like. Dog shit. Like, absolute dog shit. <laughs> and so you know, he gets in the ring. <laughs> that Heath runs in and drops him with the with the wake up call, and it's just dude, it's 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 just Heath. I know. Like he, the thing about Heath is that he has spent an entire career being a guy who really shouldn't be taken seriously. I know. He's a good wrestler, yeah. and he's very good at that. At the guy who is sort of funny, and sometimes he can get some sympathy because he's the everyman. Mm-hmm. But one thing he is not is a faction hunter. Mm-mm. And yet they have booked him to be the most effective faction oh. hunter. I've never seen anybody, not Kazarian, not Yoshitatsu, anybody, take out the lead member of a faction during a promo for a title, for a world title match. God damn it, pal. Should Heath be the one getting the title opportunity instead of Ed Edwards? Yeah. Kind of. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Justice for Heath. There we uh, go. After that, we had uh, Raj Singh and Shara. Raj saying this is unfair. Shara was injured against Josh Alexander, but once he's healthy, we're going to prove that uh, their luck has yeah, run out. Yeah, just somebody's luck just run anybody. out. anybody. <laughs> So then you hear you hear like some arguing. So the camera pans over down the stairwell, and there's oh, yeah. Moose and Macklin. They're just arguing. Uh, Sammy comes up from behind them, attacks. The brawl goes out the parking lot, and that's where you mentioned barbed wire came into play. Eventually, Sammy's all bloodied, and uh, he's all wrapped up in barbed wire. Like the thing is, Sammy, don't you hang back and watch this new alliance? You would think so. Fall apart and dissolve. Like, don't you play the mind games instead of just the I'm gonna roll right into them. <laughs> like a little Tasmanian devil of, of anger and angst mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. violence. But I guess that's just what he knows. Yeah. Uh, then we get a, a real a- awesome Masha Slamovich video package. And then uh, Alicia Edwards takes on Jessica. Because I'm sick. Super quick match. Uh, Jessica catches Al- Alicia's top rope crossbody, hits a driver for the win. Yeah, man, I thought this was this was really funny, man. This is real. I I love this character. Oh, it Jessica. was fantastic. Uh, after that, Callahan stumbles to commentary, grabs a mic. He's still just completely wrapped in barbed wire. He's bleeding, and he challenges Moose and Macklin to a barbed wire massacre match at Victory Road. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yep. Who's gonna win that match? You think Moose Moose got to win that match, right? Moose has to get something on him. Didn't Moose win one of their matches? He won like the first one, I think. I thought Callahan won the first one, then Moose won the second one. Yeah, Moose won the second one because of Macklin. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Moose won the Clockwork Orange one. We know who's not going to win this match. Macklin. Macklin. Steve Cutler. (laughs) Oh, Macklin. Come on. Pay some respect to the guy. Come on. Maybe he he will win this one and each of them have a win. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh! There you go. Yeah, turn this into a real thing. And That's then they cool. need a rubber match, the fourth match, rubber match. Uh, then we well, had a what would that match? one be like you conglomerate all those matches together. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. a human centipede match. Oh wow! There's <laughs> always like, well, he likes those, you know, the sort of pulpy, you yeah. know, movies, yeah. the yeah. the you know, the cult movies. Yeah. So I don't know what's another cult movie that he can be in fine inspiration from. The Hostile Match. Woo! Yeah, Ooh. that man, that movie's fucked up. That those is a messed up movie. Up. Yeah. Uh, then we had our main event, Violent by Design. Violent by Design. Violent by Design. Die by Design. By uh, versus Time Machine. Uh, and uh, so Chris Saban is like isolated for, I don't know, two-thirds of this, this yeah, battle. Right. He's just getting the crap yeah. beat out of him. Eric Young's looking for a pile driver on him. Instead, Saban reverses into a backdrop. Uh, Diener tags in, and then seemingly all rules for this tag match just cease to exist. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Because everybody's in the ring and the, the, the rest not doing match, anything. Yeah. So uh, then, uh, time machine just proceeds to hit a bunch of stuff on everybody, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they ultimately win 
with a bunch more moves on Diener. Cradle shock from Saban <laughs> to get the win. It was, just, yeah, it was like three minutes of Time Machine doing uh, doing double team and triple team moves on Violent by Design. That's what it was, yeah. 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 Uh, second to last, NXT UK. Next week will be our big send-off for yep. NXT UK. Yep. Uh, of course, the championship, the firmly already decided yeah. UK championship match tournament semifinals for this week where he had Trent Seven taking on Oliver Carter and, of course, Tyler Bate taking on Joe Coffey, who always just reminds me of train spotting whenever he talks. He just yells a lot, and he just sounds like Big B. Mm-hmm. So it's my time. It's my kingdom. I'm going to take this from Tyler Bate and take it from Trent Seven. Sick boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways, yeah, no, that was good stuff. And then we had like a, a killer. Uh, oh, the main event was really Noam, good. Yeah, Noam Dar versus Mark Coffey for that Heritage Cup. Sad last days of Heritage Cup, probably. I know. How come? Uh, uh, how come uh, Noam Dar isn't gonna uh, uh, have a match against Carmelo Hayes at World School? Oh, Supernova Eleven versus Carmelo Hayes. That'd be a great match. That'd be Bring Shaw over too. Yeah, East End Bookie can become the Orlando Bookie. Could be. No, he got released. Remember. No, I'm saying if they hadn't done that, oh, that's yeah. what he could have been. I know. You know. But I guess he's back to the being the East End Butcher. Oh, that, was, that was great when he uh, he popped up there at the end. Um, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of drama, but the the, the matches were all still really good. So can't complain. Oh, yeah, that's always what it is. Uh, show opened with Trent taking on Oliver Carter. They both have little promos beforehand. Uh, Trent just says it's his destiny to be champ. And a one-legged man won't stop him. And then, Hey, do, let me ask you this real quick before we get into this. Do you think had... <clears throat> I don't know the timeline in terms of the tapings and stuff. Yeah. But like what was known. They there's like a little video promo, but that clearly was done after, after the, fact. the fact. And like half the people featured in the video package got released. Was this originally heading towards Trent getting that title? Well, I mean, all this stuff was shot like early July. Yeah. Yeah. Before Triple H I, took over. It feels like they were gonna head towards Trent getting that title. And then beefing with Tyler Bate over it. If if Ilya was gonna, if he was gonna vacate, I wonder if if Trent would have been. Did they they didn't set up anything? No, because it was the week after uh, Ilya had that had his match with Wolfgang. Mm-hmm. But it would not shock me if the plan was to get was because Trent they were building him up as like number one heel guy. Yeah, and yeah. it would not shock me if they were gonna have him and Bate feud over the title and Trent would have held it. Kind of curious about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, Oliver Carter also had a promo. He says, yeah, I've been struggling with my knee, but nothing motivates me to become a champ. Uh, naturally, Trent is just trying to destroy Oliver Carter's knee and leg throughout the match and eventually pays off. He locks on a figure four, and Carter tries to get the ropes. Trent pulls him back to the middle of the ring. He tries to fight at, out of it. Uh, Trent eventually just puts it even tighter, starts punching mm-hmm. Carter's knee, and Carter yeah. has to tap out. It was a fun yeah. match, though. No, it, it was fun. It was a really good story there. Uh, after that, we had Tyler Bay versus Joe Coffey. Tyler had a promo. He said, this big, strong boy gets one step closer uh, tonight to becoming the two-time champion and one step closer to getting his hands on Trent Seven. He's totally looking past Joe Coffey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Joe Coffey says, uh, he said, I said bye to Mark Andrews to see the big, strong boy. But tonight, Trent boy, he'll be the one to have his hand raised because this is my kingdom. Yeah. Red boy. Uh, and then, yeah, but now that didn't happen uh, because Tyler got a uh, he got a, it was a backslide that he got here. Yep, it was. Yeah, it was. So after the match, this cracked me up. So Trent walks down the ramp while Tyler's celebrating in the ring, and there's that older lady who just is screaming, "Tyler's gonna kill you!" At Trent, and Trent <laughs> walks around. He looks at her, and as he's about to walk in the ring, I swear he's about to laugh. I gotta rewatch that because I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't really paying that close attention. I swear he is trying not to laugh at this. I at want this older lady now. just yelling at him that Tyler's gonna kill. That's was, awesome. I, wa- I, I, I had to watch it twice because it cracked me up. So mm-hmm. Tyler's inviting him to get in the ring. Trent goes up a couple of the ring steps. Eh. Decides to leave instead. Yeah. God, I love Trent Seven. I hope we see him somewhere soon. I know. Me too. I think they have like either it's like a thirty to forty-five day. Uh, no, oh, no compete. compete. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, after that, Slimy Sid announces that uh, uh, Blair Davenport and Mel Eliza and, and uh, oh Isla Dawn, uh, Isla Dawn, yeah, are going to compete to become number one contender in a women's title. But 
I don't even know how that's going to fucking play. We out. do because Blair Davenport was was. Oh, I guess yeah, that's right. Repeatedly yeah, huh. that she's number one contender, so we know who wins. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally right. Uh, after that, we had uh, that video package I mentioned for NXT Europe, and then we had Noam Dar versus Mark Copy. Hell of a belt for the Heritage Rules. I love these Heritage Rules know, matches, so man. I hope fun. they bring them back when I NXT so Europe. I hope so thing. too. So uh, we get our first fall in round three. So mm-hmm. Dar's looking for a Nova Roller. Uh, Mark Coffey too slow to get up, so Dar goes over to pick him up, and then uh, Coffey ends up hitting Dar with a sliding form for the pin. So Coffey is up one nothing, and then uh, Dar is like selling that he got knocked out. Mm-hmm. He can't get up, stumbling all over the place. Uh, but it's all a ruse because eventually he rolls up Coffey and then transitions into a knee bar, and Coffey taps pretty quickly mm-hmm. because there's at least one more round to go. So tor- and we go to round five. Dar puts on a knee bar, like uh, like 45 seconds left in the round. Uh, Coffee tries to fight out of it. Uh, eventually, time just expires, so we have to go to a sixth and final round. Sudden death. So uh, Coffee hits the sliding forearm on Dar, but that sends him out of the ring. So Coffee goes to the floor, puts him back in the ring. Shaw Samuels jumps the barricade, pushes Mark Coffee into the ring post, puts him back in the ring. This all happens while Dar's got the ref distracted, and then Noam hits the Nova Roller to get the win. He is new and a two-time Heritage Cup champion. And they celebrate. It looks like Shaw got his clothes back, too. Yep. So that was cool. Uh, So, yeah, there's your uh, second-to-last NXT UK review. Sad last days. It really is. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Like we said earlier in the show tonight, Twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson will be watching some SmackDown live. Yeah, so thanks for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.